Welcome to the Inside Out Theory with Christy Lee Manning, a podcast for the performing artists. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Inside Out Theory. Today's episode is sponsored by House of Jazz Artist Development Program, a four-week program in London, UK, where we train your trilogy, mind, body, and soul. I truly believe it's just as important for artists to train their mindset as much as we train physically and creatively. So whether you are a new graduate or a professional artist looking to re-spark their career, we encourage you to join us as we open your mind, challenge your body, and inspire your soul. This program only happens twice a year, and it is truly life-changing. For more information, please visit houseofjazzcompany.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Inside Out Theory podcast. We are going to speak about productivity today and um, the pressures to be productive in our industry, but also during this time. So this podcast is being recorded uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, documenting this episode. And... um, I feel like the pressures to be productive and to do things are heightened even more so right now. So I just came off a chat on a live Instagram conversation with my friend Alex, um, Alexandra Sarmiento, and we were talking about, um, yeah, the pressures to be productive, how she's finding um, that experience, and and she said a, and shared a lot of things with our audience that I thought were very um, important to hear right now. Sometimes it's just nice to know that someone else is going through a similar thing that you're going through. And especially as a faculty member for a program uh, called House of Jazz Artist Development Program that we run in London, UK, it's really nice as well to hear our alumni um, artists speaking about their experiences during this time and to hear faculty members um, exper- experiencing uh, similar things is always nice because our egos love to um, make us feel terrible about something, but then also like to tell us that we're the only person that is feeling this. Like We are the only person. How many times have you felt alienated in some way and um and then immediately after kind of felt that you are the only person in the world that could possibly be experiencing this right now and everybody else is doing just fine especially with social media and uh, the mask that we can kind of hide behind on that so I think talking about the um the need, desire, pressures to be productive especially at a time like this is important and I feel like that as artists, we are very adaptable. Um, we are very good under pressure. We're very good at surviving and hustling and working really hard um, and getting it done and and struggling. And I think it's because a lot of us are actually addicted to the struggle because it, we feel like we identify with that with our self-worth. I feel like we're addicted to um, the suffering for similar reasons. And, um, I think quite often we live in this, um, kind of survival mode area in our, in our, in our lives, in our brains. I just remember, um, quite often conversing with a friend of mine in Canada 
living in London. And I realized one day how much I was using the word survival mode when she was asking me how I was doing. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just in a bit, I'm in survival mode right now. And then I kind of realized, I was like, I think I live in survival mode. And I don't think I want to live in survival mode anymore. And there's, I think there's just, because there's so much um, media, including social media, of course, but just media in general, where we are constantly being reminded of other people's successes, that we are constantly striving to appear successful to the outside world, to our friends and family, but then also to our community, to our industry in general. We all have this desire to be somebody, I think, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of those external outside-in desires drive us to um, feed the ego belief of that we need to be doing something. We need to be productive. Uh, especially when, like we were speaking on with episode two, um, we've been given so much time. We haven't been given more time, but we have been given the opportunity to shift how we spend that time. And I think quite a few of us are still clinging on to that limited belief that we've created for ourselves, which is, I need to be doing something because everyone in this industry is constantly always doing something. And if I'm not doing something, that I'm falling behind. If I'm not doing something, I'm not relevant. If I'm not doing something, I'm not a professional. If I'm not doing something, I'm lazy. If I'm not doing something, I'm not valuable. If I'm not doing something, I'm not getting better. If I'm not doing something, like there's so many limited beliefs and and egotistical fears that we have that we think we're solving by doing things. But that actually doesn't solve anything because it just all it does is keep us in an external focused place. And we can't what we want, we can't get outside of ourselves. This is the one thing that I, I always say that this is the one thing I want you to understand, or I want us to get, or I want us to believe or implement or what, however, it's, there is no one is, if there is a one thing, it's not this, because I always say, it's like your teacher going one more time, <laughs> do it one more time. There is no one more time. It's seven more times. So we, the things that we want that we're trying to get outside of ourselves, we can't get, we can't get, um, that sense of fulfillment, um, that we want from external achievement. We can't get that sense of acceptance from social media followings. We can't get that sense of success from, um, recognition from our peers or awards or contracts or whatever, because it, it will never be enough because it's, because it's placed on an external place. It's therefore attached to a place of lack, which means that it will never be enough. 
That's, that's the lie that we're living right now is we constantly feel the need to be productive, but our need to be productive is driven from a place of lack, not a place of abundance, which I will speak about. And therefore, no matter how much we do, it will never be enough which is why we're constantly exhausted and we feel like we're not enough. We're not doing enough. We're not being enough. You know, we're not enough for the jobs, the people in our lives, etc. And it's because everything's outside of us. If you're looking for fulfillment or satisfaction or inner peace or happiness outside of yourself, it will never be enough because it's outside and outside is lack inside is abundance. So let's quickly speak about what I mean by lack versus abundance. How many times, let me use this example, I love using this example. How many times have you gone to a dance class and you've tried really, really hard the entire time and you've never really got it the way you wanted to and you left frustrated? feel like we do that quite often because I feel like as artists we are, if we had to scale the achievement kind of scale here. It's we we tend to live in more of a overachiever mindset as opposed to an underachiever mindset. But sometimes we can fall into the alternative. So sometimes we can go to class and not really try so that later when we didn't get it the way we wanted to, the combination or or what have you, we can go, well, I didn't get it, but I didn't really try anyway. So it's fine. And that's the justification we use. I don't feel like that's quite as common, but I do feel like that happens sometimes. And I think it's important to be honest with ourselves which one of those we fall into because they're both a form of self-sabotage. A lot of us value ourselves on how hard we try. We're trying really hard. And uh, one thing that saddens me because it's not helpful in our industry, but in the world in general, is is how much people pride other people on suffering and working hard and not taking care of themselves. And, you know, because that's all, they pertain that to like, you know, hustling hard and living for your dreams and living outside your comfort zone. As an industry, I think a lot of us don't need to be told to do more. I think we all need to be told to do way the fuck less to pull back so that we can actually take a moment to reflect to see if what we're doing is actually what we want to be doing in the first place. And I think that is what this time is giving us. It's such a gift right now. The world is stopped. In a lot of ways, our world has stopped. Life is on pause. Mother nature is healing, in, in my opinion. And I feel like that's, she's almost trying to lead by example and say, let's pause for a second and let's, let's actually ask ourselves if where we're going and what we're doing is actually what we want to be doing and where we want to be doing, where we want to be going and is what we're doing actually leading us to where we want to go. Where do you want to go and is what you're doing actually helping you get there? Or are you just doing for the sake of doing? 
And I feel like a lot of us do that. So going back to the class example, the, the, the second example of not really trying, I think is a lot more clear to most people why it would be a form of self-sabotage. You didn't really try. You kind of gave up on yourself, right? So that, you know, when you reflected later and didn't get it, you could, you could kind of justify it. And, and, and I think we can empathize with people that are like that because it's a more, I think it's a little bit more clear from maybe a possibly an outside perspective that that person is struggling with the confidence to actually try because that would admit that they care and they want something and they don't want to look like a failure. Whereas also when we try too hard, we are living in a place of lack. There's no trust in ourselves and our ability to um, follow our impulses, our instincts, to have our training kick into gear, the years and years and years of, of, of training and hours that we put into. When we try, this is why I don't like try, and I, tr- and I, and I try not to, lol. I, I, did I just say lol on a podcast? I did. I strive, there we go, to not use the word try when I address anybody, specifically students. I don't think I've ever used the sentence, you need to try harder. Because I think that's bullshit in a lot of ways. I don't think, well, I think, no, I do. I don't think that's correct on any form. I don't think there needs to be any more or less trying ever. I think there's always a deeper meaning to that. I think the the more prevalent and possibly helpful question is in that situation, what's stopping you from committing to this right now? What's getting in your way? And quite often it's yourself. And I've been very aware of, I haven't always been aware, and I'm still not aware of all the self-sabotaging um, kind of attributes that I have, but on this journey that I'm going on, I remember starting it because I was very aware that I was like, I know, I just had a feeling, I was, I was, I had this very kind of inside out awareness that I was the only reason stopping me from getting where I wanted to go. I was, I was quite, I remember saying that at one point, I was like, I know that I'm getting in my own way and I cannot for the life of me figure out how. And so I wanted, I set off to try and understand what I'm doing to, or not doing to kind of, you know, self, self self-sabotage myself from, from doing all the things that I want to do and getting to the places that I want to go to and, and setting that journey and enjoying the journey and what have you. So um, the second example of trying too hard, again, is from a place of lack because when, when you, you, this is how I'm defining the word try. Try isn't necessarily a bad word. And I, I do think we need to try things like, oh, why don't you try this new dish? Why don't you try a new sport? Why don't you try um, using a new type of paint the next time you paint? Why don't you try? That's that's another definition of try. But in this specific environment, 
I feel like dancers try and we try very hard all the time to the point that we get in our own way because it's not the trying that's bad. It's the intention behind why we feel like we have to try. So again, the trying is the action. And I have this quote I say all the time because people always say, actions speak louder than words. And I always say, intention speaks louder than action. I don't care if you're doing the right thing, quotes around right, if your intentions are in an ill-mannered, malicious, or negative place external place, outside in place. If you potentially make a mistake and maybe your actions aren't the most positive, but you had good intentions, I'm going to understand your actions a lot more. It doesn't necessarily make them okay, but the action doesn't speak nearly as loud as the intention because people can do the right thing for the wrong reasons all the time. And that speaks so loud for, I think, who they are as a person. So I think the intention behind why we're trying so hard is from a place of lack. And that lack is I'm not good enough or even more so I'm not good enough yet. We love to live here. We love to live here because we love to cling on to that belief of if I don't live in a place of lack, which I think I've already spoken about, I'm going to lose my motivation. And we've spoken about how that is a load of shit (laughs) to be very poetic about it because we don't, we don't need, that's not motivating us. It, we think it's motivating us, but it's not motivating us to actually do the things that we want to do. Those only come, those things that we do only come from a place of being, which we've talked about as well. It's motivating us, sure, but it's motivating us to continue to do things for the sake of doing so that we look productive to the external environment that we're in, so that we appear valuable, so that we appear professional, so that we appear active, so that we appear not lazy or not lost or any of the things that we're afraid of looking like right? So that's all it's doing is motivating us to continue to do things that are likely disconnected from what we actually want to be doing in the first place. So when to leave that a little bit, when you go to class, try to not try. (laughs) I challenge you, let's not do that. I challenge you to not try quite as hard. I like the word commit a little bit better. Commit to the class that you've chosen to take. Commit to the room. Commit to the teacher. Commit to yourself. Um, I like that word a lot more than try. And um, commit to yourself and um, everything else I said for that hour. And But don't try so hard. Just be and just play, and just experience, and just be present, and really try and trust, and and be aware whether or not you are trying for external validation. You're trying to get noticed by the teacher or your peers, or get pulled out for that last 15 minutes where we all videotape our friends or whatever kind of 
crap is going on in some of our learning environments that are not helpful to us as a whole in our education, but that will be another podcast. Um, challenge yourself, strive to disconnect from any of that external validation that is is very clearly prevalent and present in a lot of the classes we take. And um, if you don't feel like the environment is supporting you in your effort to stop trying and instead find that sense of play and trust with yourself, don't take those classes. And find environments that support that. And, and so commit but don't try. It comes from a place of instead of working and trying from a place of I'm not good enough yet. There's a a very big difference between I'm not good enough or I'm not good enough yet and working from that place and trying from that place or committing and working and applying yourself and committing from a place of I know where I I am at. I'm good, but I want to be better. There's a massive difference between I'm not good enough yet and I'm good, but I want to be better. We are all incredibly talented, beautiful dancers. We, I don't think, mm, do I want to say that? I don't know if I want to say that in that way. So I'm going to wait until I can figure out a way to say it the way I want to say it. But accept and, and, uh, and practice kindness. No, be, be, oh, how do you say this? Remove your ego and and use way less judgment when you look at yourself and your craft. And and we all know that we're good at things. And the things that we can't do should never discount the things that we can do. And I use the word should, but I'm not taking it back because it shouldn't. (laughs) We, the things that you can't do should never outweigh the things that you can do. Let me reverse that. Don't let the things that you can't do outweigh the things that you can do. There are all things that we can do and we can do amazing. And you know what? We wouldn't dance the way we dance if we didn't believe that we were good in the first place. If we didn't truly believe that there are some things that we know we can do well. So don't listen to this podcast and think to yourself, there's nothing that I'm good at because I will call bullshit on you so fast. But it's okay to want to be better from a place of abundance because you love what you do. I know I'm good at these things. I want to be better because I love my craft and I enjoy the journey that committing to this craft has me on. And I think the commitment to always wanting to be better is one of the most not only one of the most professional things you could do, but one of the most beautiful ways to live your life. But that's a big difference between trying because you're not good enough yet. There's, you're always going to be able to get better. Do you realize that? You, can, you will always be able to get better. Enjoy getting better. 
but there's no destination because if you're on that path, you have the opportunity. We all have the opportunity to be better at our craft and as a human being until the day that we die. Every single day we can be getting better at being us. So just take a second to feel that and acknowledge that that's really proving your brain wrong in the sense that, you know, once I get this, I'll be happy. Once I get this, I'll be happy. Well, no, you won't. Call yourself out on your own bullshit because you can you can look in that look at that now and say no you won't be happy because there will always be more so i think the only thing that's actually going to make us happy is if we stop focusing on the fact that we believe that the next thing is going to be the thing that makes me happy because you've been telling me that my whole life and it hasn't worked because the world keeps creating more things for us to want to do and be and and book and see and live and experience. So no, it's not going to be the next thing because there will always be more, always. So instead, I'm going to enjoy where I am now and I'm going to enjoy looking to forward to working towards that next thing. I really hope that makes sense. That's what I mean by lack versus abundance. And I feel like our industry has been taught through our education um, and and our industry as a whole and, and the energy and the insecurities that come with, you know, being an artist in general and people possibly being leaders, using their voices with that maybe subconsciously are passing on their own insecurities to to who knows how many other young artists that are going up to believe the same things that that person believes about themselves and then it just kind of all you know we're 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 educated on fear we're educated on lack we're educated on there's not enough work there's not enough money there's not enough jobs there's not enough um contracts there's not enough agents there's not enough academies they're not there's not enough places they're not there's not enough auditions there's just not enough and it's all a lie there is so much for us but we have we've been taught this limited belief that there isn't enough and we've been taught to live in that place of lack in every area of our lives, you're not training enough, you're not auditioning enough, you're not working hard enough, you're not experiencing enough, you don't know enough people, you don't have enough contacts, you don't have enough followers, you don't have enough. And it's just, we're constantly being reminded, quote unquote, that there isn't enough. And it's so sad, because it's such a lie. There is so much work out there, We are taught, though, that certain work is the most important work. To whom? Do you realize that there are people in Los Angeles and New York that have no idea who people that we put on massive pedestals in London are? Like, this is why I don't understand why people fall into this well of course I understand that's such a lie Christy but 
when you look at the big picture, like we're just taught this tiny little bubble that this is important. But if you if you go to another country, nobody cares or gives a shit about that job or that person or really, you know, who you are or what you've done in the nicest way because they're they're living in their little world and their little pocket and they're what they believe is important to make them a human being. But it's all the world is massive and there's so much opportunity and we're taught that only certain things are important but that's such an illusion it's it's the it's such a big illusion because on the other side of the world other people are doing the same thing and who's to say that those people are more important than our people like it's just do you understand it's all it's all an illusion that we as an industry and a society built there is so much work and so much opportunity we just aren't allowed to look at it because it's not the West End. Therefore, it's not like if I do it, it doesn't matter. Or like it's that <laughs> we're we're so limited as to what we're allowed to look at and deem as valuable. Um, there's so much money. There is so much money in this world. There is so much money. There are so many agents. There's actually too many agents, I think. And there is a lot of good agents. Um, there's so many auditions. There's so many opportunities. There's so much. Um, there's so many contracts. There's so many. What else did I say? I can't remember. But there is. There's so much. We're just taught to not see it. We're taught to see what's valuable and what's not. Does that actually sit right with you anymore? Ask yourself, remember what I said last time or in one of the episodes, what, where did you learn this from? And does it actually feel authentic to you still to believe it? Is it, is it your belief or were you taught that belief? So I want to us, I want us to start thinking about, I want you to possibly write down your limited beliefs that are living and existing from a place of lack. What do you currently believe right now? Take out a pen, piece of paper, take out your phone, notes, whatever, and write down all the things that you're afraid of being true from a place of lack. There's not enough classes in this. There's not enough work. There's not enough money. There's not enough jobs. There's not enough what have you agents. And then I challenge you to look at that and see if you really do believe it or if it's something that you've been taught and if you can broaden your perspective outside of your taught and adopted limited beliefs and see if you can find a solution for yourself. Because I know that you can and you can see how much there actually is out there for us. And how we do that is we connect to ourselves first. We stop looking outside for everything that we need. And we start thinking about what we want to do and who we want to be and what we want to work on. And when we connect to ourselves, there is so the world opens up for you. And, and opportunities come out 
of nowhere that we wouldn't have seen if we were so focused on something external. And the perfect example of that is us trying to still get through a locked door and not turning around and seeing three doors open because we're so focused on trying to open that door that's locked. We don't turn around and go, oh, well, now there's like three other doors that I could go through. Now there's a choice instead of this one locked door door that I'm so obsessed with opening. Challenge yourself with where you were taught those locked doors from and if they're truly important to you or if you are this kind, because this kind of goes into, are you really doing what you want to do or, or are you doing what you think the world wants you to do, your family wants you to do, friends want, or, or what you think the industry values and therefore you want to be the person to do it because then you'll be valuable too. You know, like it's just, I don't think there's any value in the actual action. I don't think there's any value to, I want to be careful how I say this, but there are so many people that have danced on or performed on Broadway. And there's been so many people that have performed on the West End. There's been so many people that have performed on X Factor. There's so many people that have performed on So You Think You Can Dance. There's been so many people. There have been so many people that have done that. I know there's countless more that haven't, but that action in itself to me doesn't make you is it valuable that I want to use? No, we're all extremely valuable human beings, but it doesn't make it a win to me. It doesn't make it a success to me unless that is truly all you ever really wanted to do. And I feel like a lot of us get there and go, why is this not nearly as satisfying as I thought it was going to be. And I think it's because we actually want a lot more than that. But I don't think our industry, as we see it or how we feel it, really supports anything else except that. I feel like externally, we live in our, we see our industry as valuing very external things. And so then we chase those things and we want those things so that our industry in turn sees us as valuable within it. And I think it takes a lot of bravery to want other things and want to do things that other people don't necessarily want. And people might not understand why you want to do it. And that's okay. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. So challenge your limited beliefs. Challenge, ask yourself often, daily, every class, am I working from a place of lack or am I working from a place of abundance? Am I believing I'm enough and I want to grow or am I working from a place of I don't think I'm enough? And see if that is what is driving your pressure to be productive. So to come back to the pressures of being productive during this time and what I think the gift is that the universe has kind of put in our laps is she's paused 
And I think she wants us to pause too. And I think it would be so beneficial for all of us during this time if we could find it within ourselves to allow us to break away from, again, that story that we need to be doing things. And we work really well in structure. This is another thing that Alex and I spoke about. I think dancers, artists in general, really work in a great place of structure. So if you gave yourself structure, meaning I'm going to do the things that, because I know there's certain things on certain days that I'm like, you know what, I know I, I should do my yoga first, but every once in a while, it makes, I'm like, I'm going to feel a lot better and I'm going to be a lot more present if I just do this one thing that I know needs to be done. Cause then I, then I feel like I will be able to give myself permission a lot easier to relax. Right. And I'm sure that a lot of you have experienced that as well. So if you need to give yourself the space and the time to accomplish, achieve, do some things that you feel like you need to do that need time and attention and need to be done, sent, written, etc., whatever, signed, <laughs> then do that. Structure your day to get that stuff done and then give yourself a very significant amount of time and even use it as an experiment if you want and say, okay, I'm going to hustle really hard for the first half of my day And once it hits, whatever, three o'clock, four o'clock, even five o'clock, for the rest of the day, I'm not going to do anything. Because I want to see if what I'm doing is actually help, is actually what I want to be doing, is actually setting me on the path that I want to be on, or am I doing just so I can look like I'm doing something? so that I'm relevant, so that I'm valuable, so that I'm I'm not appearing to be all the things that I'm afraid of people seeing me as, such as lazy, etc. And let's use this time to reset. So I feel like I've kind of given myself time to get on top of things and then let's go, okay, am I doing what I really want to be doing? How do I figure that out? I embrace being still. I embrace being still and I listen. And just listen. In fact, if you can, this is my real challenge. Hustle really hard for a day. Okay. And then the next day, and if you have to make it a Sunday, does anyone else feel less guilty about being a little bit more relaxed on a Sunday because it's Sunday? I don't know what the fuck that's about, but I definitely have that weird belief in my brain. I don't know where that comes from, but because again, it's a little bit more socially acceptable to relax on a Sunday. (laughs) Literally the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever realized, I thought, but that's fine. So Maybe work really hard for the next couple days, okay? Well, who knows? This is going to come out on a Thursday. So hustle hard Friday, Saturday, and for the rest of Thursday, depending on when you listen to this. And um, and then go, okay, so on Sunday, I'm going to give myself a day. And I want you to, I challenge you to disconnect from your phone for a day. And I know for some of us that might be challenging, but I also think that 
we all see the value in that. I know it's hard to actually make the action to do it, but you can spend Saturday going, okay, like I don't live with my mom. So I would text her. I've done this before. I've texted my close friends, um, my boyfriend, if I'm not with him and my family in Vancouver. And I've said tomorrow, I'm not going on my phone. If there's an emergency, you can call the home line or the landline or what have you. Um, and, and maybe I'll check in in the evening just to make sure everything's okay. If I absolutely feel like I need to do that, but I will pre-warn people. So there's no guilt, you know, we <laughs> last episode. So we're not, you know, taking on that guilt. We didn't earn for not answering our phones and turn off your phone and try and not do anything unless you have the impulse to do it. See for a day. This is exciting. I'm going to do this tomorrow. See if you can go a whole day doing whatever you want to do as you want to do it and see how that feels. And if you become anxious and you don't know what to do with your time, um, I don't want to give too much guidance. If you definitely feel like you could channel that energy into an um, exercise of some kind of physical activity, that's more what I like to say. Swipe left on the word exercise. If you would like to channel, if you feel like you would like to challenge that, channel that rather into a physical activity, do that. If you feel the impulse, if you're feeling anxious, but you feel the impulse to do something with your hands, but maybe not something fully physical with your whole body, find something creative to do with your hands. Yes. And if you're really finding the impulse to be still, be unapologetically still for as long as you want. And be aware of your thoughts, but try and see your thoughts as options, not as truth. Try and just see them as, again, I don't think there's a better word, options. There, You have the option to buy into this thought right now. Or you have the option to ignore it. And the more that you ignore your thoughts... The more you choose to not buy into your thoughts, the more impulses and the intuitions and the instincts you will feel and you will tap into. And that's what it feels like to be. And that's the place you want to be productive from, because that's actually the definition of productive, I believe, is producing art, producing work, producing words, producing anything that you can share with the world that came from you and didn't come from outside of you that you then put a mirror on and reflected back out to the world to make yourself look valuable. Be productive from that instinctual, impulsive place of being you. Because that's the highest form of productivity we could ever hope to find. 
And that's where this podcast has come from. I have these amazing conversations with my incredible friends in my incredible tribe. And it in turn produces words and recordings that I can share that I hope will help other people. But if I sat down with any external intention, now we're going back to intention versus action, this isn't going to be nearly as good or valuable or helpful or feel. And I can, and then you know what happens? You know what'll happen? I'll try because I'm not being, I'm not trusting, I'm not playing, I'm not being impulsive, I'm not connected to myself at all. And so if I'm not connected to myself, then what do I have to do? I have to try. That is the only other option. And that's going to produce something that looks like I tried. That was a long pause. I liked that. I had to think about that. Understand? So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story would be challenge your actions and their intentions. Ask yourself if you're working from a place of lack versus abundance and challenge your desire for productivity and challenge one more time. The buzzword, the new buzzword is challenge. See if you can give yourself a day to reset and be still and reflect and see what that does for your productivity. Because what we all believe is productivity. Well, the the Kool-Aid that we're drinking, is Kool-Aid a thing in London? I don't even know. Drinking the Kool-Aid, is that a saying or is that a North American thing? Somebody comment. Um, the belief that we're all buying into is that we need to be productive. It doesn't really matter what we're doing. We just need to be doing. And um, I'm going to use this podcast to call bullshit. If you believe something different, that's great. But as long as you are believing what you believe and not what someone else has taught you to believe. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Inside Out Theory. We are so lucky to have you as a part of our community and very grateful for your support. If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to follow us on iTunes and Spotify, join our online community at Inside Out Theory, and share this episode with a member of your tribe. Remember, we are all stronger together. Thank you for listening to the Inside Out Theory. We encourage you to speak authentically, feel openly, and live inside out.